good news and bad news. The good news was I didn't have lung cancer, but I had something in my lungs, and what it was was lung disease of some sort, which they called COPD. We are constantly hearing from the CDC that, along with the elderly, people of any age who have serious underlying medical conditions might be at a higher risk for severe illness from COVID-19. I'm your host, Paige Huben. I wanted to tell you guys about my stepdad, who is one of those at a higher risk. My stepdad, Pat, is 57 years old. He was diagnosed with chronic obstructive lung disease, also known as COPD, about 11 years ago. And this affects his life on a daily basis. I'm talking to Pat in the living room of our suburban home in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. And the chattering that you hear in the background, that is my mom and my sister, Rachel, who are in the kitchen getting dinner ready. For all the talk of social distancing and isolating, it can be quite hard to find a quiet corner of my home. So whenever I exert myself physically, bend over to tie my shoes, talk real fast, um, pretty much anything and everything I do, I will lose my breath. And obviously when you lose your breath, you get tired faster also. Pat also owns a paving and contracting business called PCM Paving. And his job includes a lot of heavy lifting and a lot of manual labor. And it was on the job that he noticed that he wasn't breathing normally. He found himself constantly coughing until he actually physically could not breathe anymore. And that's when he decided that he needed to go and see a doctor. And it was after four different x-rays, the doctors diagnosed him. And so I always wonder what it would feel like to not be able to breathe. And this is also a symptom to COVID-19 is uh, shortness of breath. And so I kind of wondered what that would feel like. And I, I needed like a picture in my mind and so this is how Pat explained it to me. Almost like a pipe that would be clogged with hair in a sink, perhaps. So the water wouldn't go down real fast, just like my esophagus is narrowed, so I can't get as much air into my lungs as you would if it wasn't narrowed. Damage to the lungs from COPD cannot be reversed. This is a chronic illness that most people live with for the rest of their lives. Luckily, there are treatment options. The most popular one the one that Pat uses is an inhaler. And this inhaler helps him in three different ways. One, it opens his airways. Two, it keeps those airways open. And three, it reduces inflammation to the lungs. So they say it's a maintenance thing rather than an emergency thing. But people that have asthma have an attack, they can't breathe, so they hurry up and do an inhaler to catch their breath. Me, I just take medicine every day. It's allegedly to help me improve my breathing way with the medicine over time, so it's a, not an emergency inhaler. So now that we know a little bit about Pat and his condition, what does this mean for him in a time like this? I'm sure it has to be very scary knowing that you suffer from a condition that's very vulnerable to a virus like COVID-19. And I know Pat very well. He's a very stubborn man, and he cares about his business a lot. So it's been really, really difficult for him to pause, take a break, and stay indoors and away from people. I would tell anybody that has underlying conditions to try to do the best they could to avoid people, even though I'm personally not doing that. Because I have a business to run, and if I don't do what I do every day, then I will get overrun and lose the business, or it would just not work out for me. So am I taking a chance doing what I do every day? Yes, but I'm trying to... Re- minimize my risk by 
wearing the mask or something and then minimizing my contact with people that I'm very close to within six feet. So I have one person that I spend the most time with. Other than that, everybody else I keep my distance with. Although he is at a higher risk, Pat is not too concerned that he will catch the virus. He says if we listen to the guidelines of the CDC, we could help stop the spread faster. Do whatever they say to do. Six feet, wash your hands when you leave there, put your lotion in the car, so when you leave that place, you can wash your hands in case you touch something. I wouldn't drink alcohol from a glass right now because I'm afraid that maybe it didn't get cleaned enough, so I would drink from a bottle. But um, just practice whatever they're telling you to practice and try to keep your chances of getting that to a minimum. As you've probably noticed, Pat is a very fearless and carefree guy. I do want to point out that although he is still going to work every day, he is not taking COVID-19 lightly. He does understand the seriousness of the virus, and other than going to work with one person, he is staying out of stores and keeping away from others. And I think that because I do live with someone who has an underlying health condition, I am taking this a lot more serious than I probably would have otherwise. Um, it's a scary thought knowing that a loved one you care deeply about could catch this virus and not make it. You know, you turn on the news and you see thousands of people who are dying because either they're older or they do have an underlying health condition. So I wanted to get my mom's take on how this has affected her feelings towards it. My mom's name is Celeste Bach and her and Pat have been together for about 13 years. It does not shock her at all that he is still going to work and not staying home. That's his personality. He would never stay home. I think that he could be staying away from more people, not going to work as often as he has been. But I know he does because of his business. But I still think he could be a little bit more cautious. I know for me, I've been more cautious about going out, staying clean, making sure everything is wiped down. Do you think that it's more scary living with someone with an underlying health issue? Um, I don't really think it's scary. I think, um, you know, we do have to be more cautious because it can happen to him. But, you know, it is what it is. And I'm not, I'm, I don't think it's any scarier than it is for anybody else. Now, I know you've been very cautious about staying home. And when you do need to go out... You wear a mask, you take hand sanitizer with you, you're always cleaning the house and door handles, but do you think if you didn't live with someone who had these underlying conditions that you would have maybe taken it a little bit less serious? Uh, in the beginning, absolutely, I would have taken it. I, w- I don't think I would have taken it less seriously, but I wouldn't be so, I wouldn't have been so cautious. Um, as the weeks progressed, no, I, I absolutely, I kind of look at people that don't have a mask on, like, why do you not have a mask on that you should be wearing it? Um, so in the beginning, yes. In the um, now, absolutely not. I think I'm doing everything I can to be cautious whether or not he was here. What is your advice for families who live with someone with an underlying condition? What do you think that they should do in order to keep their loved ones safe? We, um, I wash down the, everything with Lysol wipes and then I spray it with Lysol. When I say everything, I mean the doorknobs, uh, the thermostats, the, anything that people would touch, the toilet, you know, and refrigerator, anything that people put their hands on. Um, I try to do that daily, wipe that down and, and spray it with Lysol and also even the remotes. Follow this stay in place order. I mean, you should be doing that anyway, but you know, that's definitely, you should be following that. Don't go near people. Don't be in large groups. Only stay with the family members that live within your home. 
whatever you're told, do it. And I hope and pray everyone is listening to the guidelines of our healthcare workers and our leaders. If you don't want to stay indoors for yourself, do it for your loved one. Do it for your neighbor or do it for the man in the grocery store. I want to thank my stepdad, Pat, and my mom, Celeste, for sharing with us today. For Com Media, I'm Paige Juven. New York City has been hit hard by the coronavirus, turning the metropolis into a ghost town. For a student in the heart of a country's most infected city, mixed information affected his decision on whether to stay or go. His story next time on Covering COVID.